The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Hi, this is Tom Mantos, Speaking of Nutrition, and my sidekick, Fred Fornicola. Hello, everyone. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. Good. Today, we're going to do a uh, second nutritional roundtable. And we got, what, three topics, right? We're going to discuss that? That's right. All right, cool. Yeah. So the couple topics that we have, two of the topics that we have are really hot, trendy things right now that I wanted to discuss with you. And um, the first one we want to talk about is intermittent fasting. And a lot of people are talking about intermittent fasting. I hear a lot of things and reasons why people want to intermittent fast. But real quick, what do you recommend intermittent fasting at any point? And I'm going to go through the six most popular ways. Yeah, of I'll make fasting. a comment on each one. Right, so I, I figured think, you might I think have some are, some are okay and some are horrible. Okay. Well, <laughs> why, that but just for the basic, why would huh. somebody want to do intermittent generally, fasting? Generally, they're looking to uh, either drop body fat or control blood sugar along those kind of lines. Right. Yeah. And do you ever have you ever used that in, in an effective way with clients or patients? Yeah, you have. Okay. I'll, I'll let when you go yeah, through you them. Go I'll through. tell you. There's ones that are reasonable and ones that actually are detrimental. Yeah, and, you know, sure. Because every time I hear, right, and we're going to go through these quickly. But every time I read or hear about these, I just shake my head, thinking this is like horrible for your. They health. come up with everything just to make a name for themselves or a couple of bucks off something. It right. can be uh, totally right. ridiculous. And as far as I'm concerned, most of these are just geared towards. Aesthetics. It's not health related. As far as I mean, people will use some health aspects. <laughs> excuse me, aspects to it, but I don't see it being healthy. So let okay. me just continue yeah. on. So yeah. here, a quick search on the internet, which we know is always right. Yes, um, has uh, these are the six most popular interfasting methods. Intermittent fasting. Excuse me. So the first one that almost seems like the best of the six here is the what they call the sixteen eight method. Quite simply, you're fasting for 16 hours out of the day and eating from for eight hours. So a nine to five mentality, you might have, you know, you'll be able to eat, right. you know, your reasonable amount of calories. What do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, I could go for that. Right. I, I think that's reasonable mm-hmm. and it doesn't work for everybody. Like I'll give you myself. I mean, I train at least four or five days a week, high intensity. Right. Number one, if I don't have a little snack, like mm-hmm. late at night, right. My sleeping's bad. Right. And it kind of, my energy is not as great the next day. Bit. So I, I've done that even when I competed in bodybuilding. I always had to have a little snack later right. at night. Never seen any detrimental. Right. But I think that's a reasonable, if yeah. some people want to try it, say, hey, that works for me, right. that's reasonable. Because when you yep. look at the 16-8, right, um, if, you go, if you finish dinner, maybe even have a snack at 7, 8 o'clock at night, and you don't eat breakfast at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, you already got a dozen hours there anyway. You're sleeping through eight yeah. of them anyhow, right? So, yeah. All right, so let's look at number two. Uh, on our list here is the 5-2 diet. And what they're saying here is that <clears throat> they're looking to have a, your normal diet five days out of the week. And for two days out of the week, I don't think they need to be back to back, but they can be two out of the seven days, restrict your in- intake to five or 600 calories on those days. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a real big fan of going that low. No, neither Maybe once in a while, but you know, if you're working out and things like that, it's, yeah. it's so and, and it and it does put a bump in your metabolism because your your body has a, a mechanism where if you're going too long without eating or your calories are too low, it tends to slow things down a little bit. Right. I mean, the bottom line is this: it's how many calories a day you take in sure. to lose weight. So why do you have to go abnormally low? Right. Like that? I mean, if you want, remember in the old days with bodybuilding, sometime in the eighties, they had the zigzag diet. You might be at 2,000 and drop down to 1,700 and then back up. Yeah, but it wasn't down, extreme. Not down to 500. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, back to your, your comment about exercise and working out, whether it's aerobic, uh, you know, intensity, high intensity, lifting weights and cardio, whatever. If you had a hard workout that day, you need nutrients to build now, muscle and recover. But then the next day, if you're working out, you need glycogen yeah. to have energy to do now, that. Now, I, I can see, for instance, if you had a, a planned high calorie day. Right. And then the next day you went low just so that 
to eat your calories even out for the week. Out, right, that, sure. That's yeah. logical. Right. That's I, almost I like a, go with that's that. almost a day of just giving your body. But if you're a break. going low calories, trying to lose weight, and then you go down to five hundred, well, yeah. right? You know, I ain't doing it. And then your performance suffers. Yeah, that's why and I'm then, doing it. Right. And then again, like I said, you know your your recovery, right? Because if you train today and you got a, a grappling meet tomorrow, you're going to go biking something, you need to have energy so you can have glycogen right. the next day. Okay. All right, so let's go on what to- What else they got? What else we got? Okay, number three. Oh, you're going to love this one. You ready? Yeah. It's called Eat, Stop, Eat. Wow. You want to know what that is? Mm, okay. Only you ready? A 24-hour fast okay. once or twice a week, not a month, a yeah. week. Okay, so basically, I guess, let's see, you're, you have unlimited water, coffee, and non- caloric beverages allowed during the fast, but no solid foods are permitted. Um, so in summary, your, your intermittent fasting program is one or two 24-hour fasts per week. Okay. Go, big guy. <laughs> well, you know, and I mean, our, our church actually had something like this, you know, um, fasting once, once a week in prayer or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, my pastor used to do it. Mm-hmm. I am not fasting all day long. The best way to do that is what I had talked about at the detox thing last week, the Daniel fast, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. on the off day, if you want to clean out, Mm -hmm. eat organic fruits and vegetables and a lot of water, get yourself cleaned out. What happens on a fast within 24 hours, those nutrients you need to detoxify compounds coming out of your body are reduced by 50%. I think I talked about glutathione being reduced and that. Mm -hmm. So once a week, I mean, if that's what you want to do, you know, you're not real active and things like that. I'm not doing it. That's fine. But I'm, I'm, I'd rather do the Daniel fast and, mm-hmm. and nourish my body while I'm doing it. Just you know? real quick, if you don't mind yeah. educating the, the, the uh, listeners if they didn't listen to last week's podcast. In general, just summarize it, mm-hmm. the Daniel fast. Daniel fast is just uh, organic fruits and vegetables. Right. Non-starchy and, veggies, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As many, you know, as many as you want right, right, and, right. and a lot of water. Right. You know, clear out. That way, you're you're providing nutrients for your liver to detoxify sure. compounds that so are coming through you. That's a positive. That's a positive approach. To- I could see. You know, once a week, if you're not real active on that day, you might fast. My pastor used to do it once a week. That mm-hmm. wasn't for me because I train on those. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time. So I'll I'll do the fruits. I've done like when I did that. I did the fruits and vegetable thing. I was good with that. Right. I mean, so there are some religious situations like Ramadan for people, and they have to yeah, go. They, I mean, they have to break the fast, fine. but they still will eat. After the sun goes down. I'm sure down. they got some surplus energy in their yeah. abdominal area that yeah. they can live off of <laughs> right. for 24 hours. Right. But, but when you're trying to fast to lose weight and you jeopardize your not, health, it's, it's not just really not a good, solid way to go. It slows your metabolism right. down. It's well, this is, this is even worse, this next one, which is – I'm really surprised at this one. It's alternate day fasting, meaning that you fast every other day. No, that's that's that's, that's asking. I, I just I didn't even mean to read this one, but it's on the list of the six. You see it here, right? So I had a yeah. But, that's going to wreck your metabolism. Yeah, I mean it's going to wreck it. Yeah, I mean think about your energy levels. You have no nutrients in your body. No, your whole system's shutting down. That's insane. Did I? Did I mention about the Pima Indians? Do you know who they are? No. Did I ever tell you? Let me just tell you a quick story. Tell us a story. No, it's going to ta- contribute to this. It'll sure. contribute to this. So the Pima Indians live in a reservation in Arizona, and they used to be nomads for tens of thousands of years. They went through the desert from place to place with almost no food and water. Mm-hmm. Present day America, 50% of them have type 2 diabetes. Really? They're four, five, 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with these Indians? You know, they got terrible genes. No, they got warrior genes. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Since they could go through the desert for weeks with very little water and food, me and you would be dead probably after three days. Sure. Genetically, their body became very efficient at preventing starvation periods. So when they didn't have food around, right. their bodies would shut the switch off mm-hmm. and it would preserve life. Now, Kind of like a bear hibernating. Yeah. Right? So today, they're eating the typical American diet mm-hmm. and all the other crap, whatever they're eating on the you know, reservation. Right. And their body's preparing for the starvation periods they go through. So it's storing as much fat as they can. Sure, yeah. Like way above what we would normally do because right. their, their genes are actually warrior genes. Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. So they go, the doctors initially, not knowing any better, were putting these people four or 500 pounds on 800 calorie a day diets. Right. Guess what happened? They gained more weight. They got fatter. Right. Sure. Right? Yeah, because their body's so that's But that happens to all of us at some degree. Maybe not this degree, but they have different 
genetic mm-hmm. from thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. But doesn't you know? that happen a lot of times we talk about, and this is getting a little off topic with the intermittent fasting, but when you look at these programs like Nutrisystem and stuff, they put them on real low calories and people barely survive and then they're surprised that they yeah. gain weight afterwards. Their metabolism slows down. TV dinners. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. So looking at our fifth diet, you mentioned the warrior no, there's yeah, actually, another one. There's actually one called the Warrior Diet. All right, so basically, you're fasting it. during the day. Well, this isn't too bad, okay. okay? Because it involves eating small amounts of raw, raw fruits and vegetables, okay. and I'm I'm guessing they they would recommend organic in this case, and eating one huge meal at night. Now, the problem I see with this is where you get your proteins from, right? How many, how much protein could you possibly eat at one wow. sitting and and, and, and digest? You're, you're diabetic, and I don't do too good. So. One meal, very little during the day and one meal at night. Yeah, they're saying Stupid. That they're saying <laughs> Well, I mean, at least they're better than the alternate no Is there one worse than, is there one worse than that? Because I got another story to tell you. You can tell another story. All right. I had a patient one time. He got married. Mm-hmm. Nice guy. Got married. He's two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Year later, comes to my office. I need help. I'm three hundred and thirty pounds now in one year. Wow. You know how he did it? Well, and I mean, he had diabetes and everything. He was a wreck. He ate one meal a day mm-hmm. and drank five pots of coffee at work oh my God. during the day. Right. So he wouldn't eat. He just kept drinking coffee mm-hmm. and we had one giant meal at night. Mm-hmm. So the body, again, is slowing down during the day because your, your caloric consumption, you're not spacing it out, spreading it out over meals. Right. He's just living the on blood caffeine. Blood sugar is right? all screwed up. Yeah. And then that big meal you're having, most of it's being put into fat stores. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my story. Okay. Kind of fits that. No, it does. It does. Yeah. And I think people think that, you know, starving themselves to lose weight is the answer. And it obviously isn't. No. Yeah. This one actually isn't bad. This is a spot. Number six, spontaneous meal skipping. Skip meals when convenient. Okay. So, you know, I mean, so you don't always have time to grab lunch. You don't always have time to eat breakfast or whatever, but skipping a meal and then, most people, when they skip a meal, overeat the next meal. Yeah. So there's, again, you talk about- I don't about, see the point. No, right. But you look at, you know, someone who skips breakfast and then eats a healthy lunch or dinner. Uh, now, personally, okay, we talked about this in other podcasts for myself. I'm at work by 6 a.m., right? Um, I, I use I use protein bars during the day or I grab a yogurt, an organic yogurt or whatever I can, but my meal consumption is not huge. When yeah. I get done and I go home for lunch- I'm hungry. My brain chemistry is a little shot. I'm a little, you know, I'm, but I don't, I don't overeat. I, you know, I eat some solid protein. I eat some grains. Uh, maybe some like today I had um, homemade uh, Manhattan clam chowder with tons of vegetables and I had some whole grain crackers. I don't overeat. Um, I'll have a snack a little later and then have, you know, a healthy, you know, normal dinner that I do. And then maybe, maybe, a snack of, you know, maybe a piece of fruit. I mean, it's, life's a little boring when you hear all that, but it's just the way that I pace myself. So, but it works for me because I can't eat, you know, yeah. so, but it's skipping, skipping meals. Meal meal I, I don't really see a problem. You know what right. though? Like I'm, I'm already died and trying to get ripped for the summer. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So I'm at, I'm trying to average 2,200 calories a week and I monitor my protein. And all this well, the average for the week. Oh, you mean the, the average is per day. Right. The, okay. Yeah. So I should average out, you know, but I don't, I'm hungry. Like, I don't really want to skip a meal. But, you know, if you're maintain, if you feel like you could skip a meal here and there, I don't think that's a big deal at all. No, I agree. Yeah, that's fine. If it no, works, I agree. But, but we've talked about before, as you recommend all the time, three solid meals and a snack, right? You know, you don't really, you're skipping kind of, that's plenty of food right there. You don't need to skip a meal. And, yeah, and as far yeah. as, like I said before, the fasting part, if you eat, if you stop eating at a certain period at night and don't eat breakfast till 12, 14 hours later, that's enough fasting. And honestly, but to do the fasting is just ridiculous. It's like space your meals out at least four. If you would train heavy, do five smaller meals, right? Spaced out. It's your total caloric intake for the day. That's going to dictate whether you're losing. Don't try to like fast every other day or whatever. You're going to kill yourself and your metabolism is going to be screwed up and it's going to slow everything down. You're going right. to end up losing muscle tissue. Yeah. Not the fat that you want to lose. Right. It doesn't I, make sense. I mean, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about, you know, fasting before you exercise for cardio, especially. Right. I can tell you that when I'm again, I'll eat my last morsel of food around seven, seven thirty at night. I may do my cardio at five or five thirty in the morning because I to get before work. I might not eat until eight or nine o'clock. So I've mm. gone a good 12 hours. I can tell you right now that 
I mean, I feel like I'm pretty lean, but I don't think fasting beyond that really has benefited. If I eat or don't eat, it doesn't seem to matter the too thing, much to the body. The studies weight. they've done on fasting before, if you do a lot of cardio, mm-hmm. is it interferes with protein synthesis to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So we used to have that old thing, you know, like empty eat stomach before you, and but it's probably better off to have a little something to prevent, mm-hmm. you know, muscle loss. destruction so, of your protein yeah. synthesis. So right. you, you don't want to lose any muscle or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. So. The intermittent fasting recommendation then is if it's not positive, it's not healthy, it's not helpful to losing body fat because we want to maintain muscle tissue. Don't forget, it's not about we're too scale oriented. You know, we're too worried about what the scale says. You got to worry about body composition and taking someone who has a situation for health or overweight, like Tom mentioned, is going to actually slow things down and you're going to end up having the yeah, worst time think, trying to I lose think, fat. I think the first one is, is, is your best option. Yeah, and if, you, if you like doing it with me, I don't really, I don't like it. Yeah. But uh, if people think they get, feel good on it and they're doing all right, that's fine. Right. So basically it's, it's sensible. Right. Uh, so know? in essence, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose. No. <laughs> so, well, we're going to be discussing another hot topic, Tom, that has really been, this is one that's been irking me for a while. It's um, plant-based eating, but manufactured plant-based eating. So as soon as we get fake, back to fake foods, you fake, mean like fake burgers, whatever that yes, is. Yes, yes, that and many other things. We're uh, gonna, so we're going to cut to a quick one. commercial and okay. we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle. The Voice America interactive radio player powered by Aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for your iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Bornicola. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Thomas, my next hot topic. Ready? The plant-based, pseudo-plant-based Diet, not diet, but pseudo plant based uh, foods. I've seen commercials with right. them, them hamburgers. Hamburgers, yeah. So every every podcast that we've done, and for people who are listening now, and maybe listen to some others, every single podcast we've discussed how we're big advocates of plant based diets, organic plants, right? right? How healthy they are, how how, how important they are to your health, long term, short term, everything. Yeah, like that, that. So let me let me discuss something. Let me read a statistic that I found uh, just the other day. The average American consumes 58% of daily calories from ultra-processed foods. This high intake, even of foods that originally came from plants, is associated with a higher risk of metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, and some types of cancer. On the other hand, plant-based diets composed of whole, whole foods that are not processed plant-based foods are associated with lower risks of heart disease and type 2 diabetes. So we already knew that, right? Yeah, okay. no doubt. So, all right. So interesting enough, there's something that how they determine processed food is they use, these researchers use this thing called the NOVA food clarification system. I wasn't familiar with that, but what they do is they separate foods into four categories, and here they are. Unprocessed or minimally processed foods, such as fruits and eggs, vegetables, okay? Processed culinary ingredients, such as salt or butter. Processed foods which means usually two or three ingredients such as in canned vegetables or salted nuts. Okay. And then they have ultra processed food where the industrial formulations with five or more ingredients, including sugar, fat, salt, protein isolates, flavor enhancers, stabilizers, and preservatives. 
So example that they give is, thus a whole apple is unprocessed, applesauce with sugar is processed, and apple cereal bars are ultra-processed. And they all, all are they're all plant-based foods. So to speak. So to speak. But they, they originated from some plant-based foods. Yeah. So, you know, you know, this is interesting because the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burgers and all that stuff came out. But, you know, you're, you're familiar, and this has been around for a long time, is the textured vegetable protein, yep. right? The TVP. Sure. Yes. Okay. So what that is, is that it's it's a basically an isolated soy protein that's the... It's derived from soybeans. It's processed. It's in, what includes, you know, some chemical alterations. They first mix soybeans with oil, then they remove the oil in an alkaline solution. They wash them in acid and then neutralize it in another alkaline bath. Then they spray dry the, the, the soy curds using really high temps to turn the curds into powders. It's this way. And they shoot it with laser beams. Yeah, they, then they add more high temperature and pressure to apply to the powder to make the vegetable protein, textured proteins, like, you know, some chunks or granules for food and meat substitutes. Then they add flavor enhancers, artificial coloring, emulsifiers, thickening agent, and they include something called nitrosamine. How do you pronounce that? Is that right? Nitrosamines. That's a breakdown product of nitrates, which is... It's a carcinogen, Yeah, it's banned in Europe. Right. And then they have, they add MSG to it. It's disgusting. Right. So, so... We will we definitely want to stay away from the TWP. Yeah, it's in a lot of products. Right. Yeah, yeah and, and, and TWP, which is old, textured old, wheat protein. Yeah, well, so. the whole thing is the ultra-processed things. I got a big problem right. with it because you're converting what you know God intended for food into something that's more of a poison for our systems. Sure. And we've been doing this for decades. Yeah, way, way too long. Yeah. Right? yeah. So look, I just took the liberty of, and this is not to bastardize any of these particular brands, just as an example, Okay. Because uh, there are some qualified brands out there, like uh, Mr. Um, what's the vegetable patty things that you like, Mr. Oh, beans with a P. Uh, I don't know. You, I'm you, thinking you, Mr. Potato Head. But <laughs> <no>. <laughs> that is a vegetable. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I got yeah. a little off topic. All right. Um, so Beyond Burger. Okay. This, this is formulated from pea, mung bean, and brown rice, cocoa butter, coconut oil, which I believe they said was refined coconut oil, yeah. sunflower oil, and canola oil. So a Beyond Burger. Okay, has a four ounce uncooked Beyond Burger patty has 270 calories, six grams of saturated fat, 20 in total, 380 grams of milligrams, excuse me, of sodium. All right, right, all right, and three grams of fiber, and 20 grams of protein. The Impossible Burger main ingredients are similar to the Beyond Burger, but they have water, soy protein concentrate. Coconut oil, again, refined, sunflower oil, and some other natural flavors. Mm-hmm. Their nutritional breakdown is 220 calories for a burger, 10 grams of saturated fat, 13 in total, 430 milligrams of sodium, and 20 grams of protein. Compare that to just to a four ounce, four ounces of raw meat, 80, 80 20, okay, okay, 287 calories, nine grams of saturated fat, and 75 grams of sodium, and 19 grams of protein. Now, so when people go to grab these things, whether it's a moral issue, that's fine. I had a religious issue for not eating meats and stuff. I respect that. But it's not to bash, again, not to bash these guys, but it's to point out you're not really getting well, nutrients here. here. It's not just the ingredients. We're talking about the ultra processing right. thing that it goes through. Right. Okay. So you can do it through high heats and acids, molding, milling, extrusion methods, so you're you're taking the the quality all out of the particular foods and, and altering it, right? Here's a couple of problems I got with it. First of all, they add this thing called SLH, which is soy leg hemoglobin. Now hemoglobin we know is part of your red blood cell count when the doctor does a yeah. blood test, mm-hmm. delivers oxygen, removes carbon dioxide. What this does is it gives the meat like that red juicy, yeah, like you're eating red right flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of yeah. sounds like you're eating real blood. I don't know, but yeah, but it's from genetically engineered yeast. I'm not eating genetically engineered anything. Yeah, so I don't know what the hell they did to it. Right. Okay. The other thing, these <laughs> foods are not organic. Right. So what they're finding is things like glyphosates mm-hmm. in the burgers and other pesticides. They haven't really thoroughly studied it all. Right. Glyphosate so is basically from uh, the weed killer from Monsanto, mm-hmm. you know, Roundup. Right. It's a high carcinogen, you know. So you don't know what other compounds are in here. here. Here's the other problem with this. 
First thing, if I want a burger, I'm going to get a grass-fed organic burger. I'm going to freaking eat it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know get essential there's no crap there. in there or yeah. nothing else. Right. If you have a problem, you're a vegetarian, but you want to taste it, you know what? Just make a plant-based meal. Mm-hmm. Or make you can make your own veggie burgers. There's recipes. You can put your own ingredients together, and they're not all milled and processed. Here's the other problem I have with it. Hasn't been out that long. Right. Anything man historically has tried to make and engineered to duplicate or replace something else has been a horror story. What about margarine? Oh, yeah, that was great. Okay. <laughs> now, it was all over the commercials, the TV, margarine replacing butter. It's the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life, you know, and they sold all kinds of it. Margarine. What they did is they chemically altered the isomer, chem- biochemical isomers on the, the fatty acid. Mm. Humans take what's called a cis form of the is- isomer. That's what we need. But they made it into a trans isomer. You heard of trans fats? Yep. Margin was responsible for thousands of cases of heart disease. Right. Because people were sucking it down. Weren't you... Didn't you one time tell me you would eat a whole stick of margarine a day? Is that you? That wasn't you. I was just thinking about it. So there's one. Then they came out with the artificial sweeteners. Right. Right? Yeah. Saccharin, Mm -hmm. NutraSweet, greatest thing. Oh, it's all commercials. It's marketed. Not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Right. Now we know it's a point that NutraSweet and that is a poison to your central nervous system. Right. Because it hasn't been out that long. Well, here's the problem. Right. For me is that, you know, a couple of years ago, gluten free was very, you know, popular yeah. and everybody manufacturer jumped on that. They made everything gluten free. It didn't matter whether it was healthy or not. So right. people who had gluten issues. Exactly. So again, I'm not trying to pick on these two burgers. I'm looking at it from a general perspective of saying, is it really plant-based? I mean, look at the soy protein that's in here. This is like the bottom of the barrel of soy. This is actually can cause cancers, Right. Yeah. Now, the thing with soy, there's a lot of misinformation about it. Mm -hmm. When you have like tofu or tempeh, edamame, edamame, it has active biochemicals in there like genistein, diogenin, Mm -hmm. which have tremendous health benefits, Mm -hmm. not only to your cardiovascular system, but they prevent things like prostate and breast cancer. Sure. Right. Look at um, Japanese women that eat a traditional soy based vegetarian diet that they, they have the lowest incidence of breast cancer in the world because people are worried about cancer. Right. It's the engineered, manufactured soy products that is all throughout the market. Right. Most of the products are that. Right. Everything's cooked out of it. Right. So they have absolutely no benefit and they actually have downsides to it. Okay. So that's all the, the junk you see right. on the market. And then the thing is, again, manufacturers are, I don't want to say taking advantage, but they're jumping on bandwagons to put things out and says, right, everything said no gluten, gluten-free, everything's gluten-free. They even put gluten-free on oil. I mean, like, well, why would it have gluten in oil? But, you know, yeah. now, remember, this is, I found, I remember, Dr. Prager's. Yeah. Right? Now, okay, I'm looking at Dr. Prager's ingredients on one of his California veggie burgers. I'm not sure, and I can't speak because it doesn't say organic anywhere. However, his main ingredients listed as such, carrots, onions, stream beans, oat bran, soybeans, zucchini, expeller-pressed canola oil, peas, broccoli, soy flour, spinach, red peppers, you know, cornstarch, garlic, spices. I, that's not a problem for me. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go, I mean, if you had to go and you're going to stay vegetarian, there's a ways to do it a little bit better than, but the thing is, is, you know, you need to read the ingredients. You need to understand what you're eating and not be pulled in the fact that you're like, oh, cool. I can go to Burger yeah. King and get a burger that's not really a burger. It's really cool. I'm getting it. It tastes like, you know what? Take mushrooms. Right? Get portobello mushroom and grill it. <laughs> it tastes like a burger. I mean, to some degree. Well, you you can, know, it's like, yeah. I'm just, I'm going to wait down the road and see what they come up with with this. I'm not eating it. No. No, I have no you know, desire. Like I mean, I'd rather honestly, you know, when NutraSweet came out, I did I, when I was competing. I did use it because for a sweetener, but I really didn't. I this was many you, years ago. Well, we talked the other day, you know, just offline, right? And I told you when I was on my honeymoon, I was breakfast was eating oatmeal and fruit and iced and coffee, and then at lunch I was having sugar-free iced tea, and then at dinner I might have another coffee, and then, and everything was NutraSweet, NutraSweet. By the fourth or fifth day, I had this pounding headache. I couldn't understand. Which it just, cause, you know. Yeah, I had bad headaches. And, and I mean, I had to just cut it out completely. And I never touched it since then. You know, so, you know, sometimes with these things, you have to, again, this is just merely to point out that 
if if you're going to eat it, know what you're eating, and don't get sucked into the well, plant based stuff. Know, and a Medi- read Medi- the labels. Mediterranean diet, you can eat some kind of meat like once a week. Yeah. I might not have a burger to like once a month or so, you know. Yeah, I have no like issue. That, I personally don't I have. I feel like it. I eat it. I, I don't have issues with grass fed meat. I don't either. I mean, if you think about it, the um, essential fatty acids are really high in grass fed meat. People are always yeah. are making a point about how red meat's bad for you, and studies are done on red meat, but that's done with conventional cows, meaning that they're great grain fed. They're got they the, have, the fat content the, is different. Yeah, yeah the fat content cows. is source of their grains and yeah. all that stuff, and it has pesticides in the grains. And so, if you're going to eat something, it's going to be grass fed and or, or or grain, you know, grain free. But when the point being here is when you're looking at plant based, which is really a good way to go. Eat, you, eat plants. Eat plants. You know, when you're looking at when <laughs> so you, look, you can look at it and say, I yeah. know what that is. And if you are making a selection though, Tom, right? Yeah. You know, Michael Pollan said if you if there's if there's if there's words in there you can't pronounce, don't eat it. Right. And the thing is, is when you look at something like uh, when you're looking at a box of crackers that are made from grain, try and get organic. Try and get this look for real quality good stuff. And then you can um, feel better about, you know, snacking on things like that. So Tom, let's let's uh, get on to a really important topic that really, this is very important. Yes, yes. And so I, I let, like I'll let you introduce this one. Okay. And, and I do get questions and people do come in to me, you know, asking, but they're looking at what can I eat if I, you know, for cancer? Like what kind of therapy, what can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, whether they're doing traditional treatment or not, you're going to want to support them nutritionally. Yeah, sure. Especially if they're doing radiation so, or chemo or something. I'm going to, in the future, I'm probably going to spend a podcast or two on this because it, there's a lot to it. Yeah. All right. The first thing I would, I tell my people is this. If you're very interested or you have the health problem, there's a whole webinar series that's excellent. That's going to give you real information, not the commercials on TV, but, you know, the genetic thing that they're doing and all the therapy you know, and to make the drug companies richer and richer. Mm. That's not really the truth behind what's going on. So number one, you can go on the internet and you can get this uh, series called The Truth About Cancer, A Global Quest. It's a nine-part series. It's excellent. Mm. And it goes into the history of the pharmaceutical companies, which will aghast many of you what they're doing. Uh, And it's by Ty Bollinger. B-O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R, right? For instance, so they cover countries around the world that are, and these doctors are brilliant, that have special clinics for cancer. You know, Germany, Mexico, all these different uh, areas. And they will do different therapies for terminal cancer patients, Mm -hmm. right? What's interesting about it is this. Some of the therapies around the world are similar. The story they always tell you is is similar, but but some of the um, therapies are similar in some ways and some aren't. But what's interesting, they all work because they go through case study after case study, these terminal people and how they're alive like 10 years later. You know, Mm -hmm. they take you through the whole story. It's incredible. Uh, what we're going to do, because I, I want to cover this. Uh, yeah, I want to do we're this gonna go, uninterrupted. So we're yeah, gonna we're going to take then. a break, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through the rest of this. Okay, we'll be back in a couple. All right, thanks. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636. 
or visit TomMantos.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle. The Voice America interactive radio player powered by Aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for your iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now, back to the program. Hi, folks. We're back. So, what I was talking about was this video. It's a nine-part series, The Truth About Cancer, A Global Quest by Ty Bollinger. I didn't pay anything for it, like I got it under another doctor I'm going to be talking about. His, I'm, I'm on his website. So this is something you can get. And they send you updates and all that. So this was part one. And then the second part of this was they take you through a seven-part series through Eastern Medicine Journey through Asia. So you go to Malaysia, Japan, India, Philippines, Taiwan, what they do different mm-hmm. for alternative therapies for cancer, okay? Now, were this cancers like specific to breast cancer or lung cancer or anything like that? Was just cancer in general? Cancer in general. Okay. Some, you know, may specialize in certain things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you see consistent is the plant compounds. Mm-hmm. What's, what's fascinating, well, let me just say this, because this is interesting. If you go back to the Old Testament in the Bible in Genesis, it says there that, and in the leaves and the herbs will be the medicines to heal the nation. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. What's fascinating is in one region of the country, they may use local sure. plants sure. and things like that. Right. Another area of the world, they may use more of their local plants mm-hmm. and they both work. Mm-hmm. They both work. Mm. And then some of these places also do additional therapies. Like they may do sound and light therapy hyperbaric oxygen chambers. They may use electromagnetic fields, infrared saunas. Mm-hmm. Infrared saunas are interesting because cancer cells, when you increase your core temperature in your body, yeah. kills the cancer cells off. Really? So that's one of the therapies. The hyperthermia, which is the cancer cells are sensitive to heat. And the, and the patients do really well. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of, th- they thrive. Yeah. For instance, the one, um, the one clinic, it was used to be called the Hoxley Clinic in Mexico, and Hoxley was a combination of herbs and things like that, and now it's the um, Biomedical Center in Mexico. Mm-hmm. They have the longest surviving pancreatic cancer patient in the world that went there. Really? Yeah. It was a woman. She, had, <clears throat> she was in the United States. She had three days to three weeks to live with pancreatic stage four pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. She's alive today, 32 years later. Wow. It's the longest. Wow. Nobody survives pancreatic cancer, yeah. usually even five years. I mean, th- three weeks. Isn't that something? Yeah. Right? It's insane. Yeah. Then <clears throat> here's something else we'll tell you about. So the second part that you could uh, order up is Eastern Medicine Journey Through Asia. And that's another seven-part series. Mm-hmm. What's fascinating, because this is one of my loves, is homeopathic medicine. So in India, India has some of the best homeopathic medicine people in the entire world. I studied some under Dr. Ramash Christian, who was the president of, uh, of India's head physician. Mm. All he does is treat terminal cancers with homeopathy. Really? So in 1994, India passed the Homeopathic Medicine Act, which they see as just as the same as traditional medicine. So they can use it on anybody they want for any condition. It's tr- considered like an accepted uh, medicine. Method of med- yeah, sure. And so, that's not, it's not, that's not just to keep the patient comfortable. That's to try and heal cancer. Well, here, let me tell you. Or extend life and make quality of life anyway. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Ramash Christian used to see the results he gets. Mm-hmm. Totally obliterating cancer in patients with terminal cancer. Because the body's healing itself. Yeah. Well, here, here's an interesting <clears throat> study. In the um, Clinical Research Center in Calcutta, India, they did a study with about 400 terminally ill cancer patients, right? Treating them only with homeopathic medicines, only, no changes in diet even or anything. The results were so phenomenal. 
They were published in the American Journal of Clinical Oncology, which is the premier medical journal in the United States for cancer mm, research. Right. It was presented at their national society meeting, the whole case study that they had. Okay. So you think people be jumping up for joy. We got this tremendous thing. Let me tell you the results they got. 30% of all the terminal cancer patients they had totally resolved, hmm. totally resolved. No one got sick. Everybody had improved quality of life. It doesn't make you sick like the way we treat it. Sure. Here's an example. And they, they give you a ton. You can go on the internet and look this up. Pancreatic cancer treated traditionally stage three and four has a 2% survival rate in the United States. Yeah. Survival rate means they made five years. That's how they call survival. You might die a month after, okay. and then you're not a statistic in there. <clears throat> Treated only with homeopathic medicine, 40% survival rate. It's massively different. It's amazing. Massively different. Did you know, Fred? So that's why the homeopathic medicine, you, you would think these doctors would be like, oh, my God, look, at, there's no money in it. Yeah, yeah. You literally could treat somebody for two years with cancer, mm -hmm. it cost them a couple of dollars for the remedies. Right. That's it, a couple of dollars. Right. People today on chemotherapy, they may run up to $100,000 a month right. for chemo. Right. And you know what? The oncologist gets a good percentage of that. Right. And there's no quality of life. So that's why you didn't hear anything about it. You, yeah. have to look, you have to look it up. You think this would be all over the news. Yeah. Right? Mind-boggling. Well. But it's... The, you know, it, it's they're losing out profits. They're, it's not going to happen. Mm. So you got to search out. That's why I'm saying watch these videos. You got to search out other ways of dealing with this. Sure. And just because it's a little different method of doing it, it still seems to work. Right. Right. Yeah. So I talked about the hom the homeopathy, uh, Germany, and I'll tell you, Mexico has some some interesting uh, things too. Now some of these different programs or more dietary-based and using high doses of phytonutrients from your fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And some will add some other <clears throat> therapies, and some, I said, they, they increase the heat of the body, but they all, they all pretty much pay attention, you know, to the diet. Now, I'll tell you what I studied a lot and who I want to talk about with, uh, with the cancer. And I want you to look up, if you're interested, in a doctor called Nicholas Gonzalez. Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. He did, he has the longest in the United States. He worked at uh, Columbia Presbyterian. He was an immunologist. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you had pancreatic cancer at one time, you could either go traditional medicine or you could go into his nutritional based therapy. He has the longest survival rates for pancreatic cancer in the world. Why wouldn't anybody pursue that then? Well, they wouldn't because they're afraid. I'll give you an example. My dad's girlfriend at the time got pancreatic cancer mm -hmm. and tried as I may. This is where they, they went to Columbia Presbyterian. She had a chance to go into Gonzalez's program, but she was dissuaded by her oncologist. Didn't matter what I had to say about it. Sure. She did chemo, lasted four, four months on chemo. It's funny. Because Unbelievable. It's interesting is that you know, you're terrified of stepping out of the box and, and trying something new. But you also know you're facing. You got to educate you, yourself. Yeah, know, That's but you, why. It's, but, but in some cases, you have to know you're facing a loaded gun too. I mean, you know, you you have to do certain things, and you're just not 100% behind taking a chance on something that's not really popular, right? Not encouraged by your oncologist. You know, for them, not a lot of research being done. But for you, you have the research, but it's a hard decision to make. It is. It's really yeah, not for me. Difficult. No, I know that, me. but for most people, yeah. well, it is scary. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But when you watch these films and videos, even a lot of my patients that have, mm -hmm. they feel much better about them. Like they're on board with it. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know, see, you got to look at independent research, not done from the drug companies, because the, the drug companies are basically corrupt. They are corrupt. Well, they're not going to give you I can tell you the whole story how, how they, for instance, in the United States, in the 1930s, 30% of all medical schools taught homeopathic medicine and, and licensed doctors do homeopathic medicine in this country. Mm. The pharmaceutical industry, because they couldn't make any money on what the doctors were prescribing, what they did was they would offer, say, $50 million to the hospital 
to get rid of the homeopaths. And then they would have somebody sit on the board of directors to make sure they were not teaching homeopathic. So eventually yeah, got sure. rid of all the homeopaths sure. so they could make all their, their freaking profits that they yeah. wanted to make. Right. The, the only homeopathic hospital left in the world is in England. Really? Yeah. In England, the, the Royal family has been doing homeopathy since 1830. Hmm. Uh, 45% of the doctors do homeopathic medicine mm -hmm. with good results. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of study. Now you sure. can treat because my next podcast, how we're going to finish this series up. Mm -hmm. I want to talk all about homeopathic medicine. It's the best thing I ever studied. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, but people can do acute things themselves. You don't need to go to school sure. for that. You no. just need a couple of symptoms. Yeah. You know, and you could do chronic diseases takes many years of study. I, of I studied for six years in Boston, mm -hmm. but do you know, what do you think the success rate of chemo is in the United States? Got to be low. 2%. That low? Two percent. I was thinking ten. And that's now two mm. percent make it five years mm -hmm. on chemo, mm -hmm. right? So that's two out of a hundred people live five years on chemo. And most, a lot mm -hmm. of the chemo, a lot of the people die before the cancer kills them because the chemo kills them, mm. right? Yeah. British Medical Journal just published a study done in Europe of the hospitals they tested. Fifty percent of the people that started chemo. We're dead within 30 days. Mm. It's not my stats, man. No, I'm just I giving, you know, it's, no. it's, it's scary. It's scary, yeah, but they don't tell you, you don't see it on the news, do you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's talk about Nicholas Gonzalez. He has a great book. You can go online called Conquer Conquering Cancer. I've studied a lot of his work and here's how it started. Professor John Beard in the 1920s, the guy was like a genius. He figured out back then how to, how to cure cancer. Any kind of cancer when you refer to cancer, just in general? General thing. Okay. You know, general thing. I'm not going to get, I'm going to have to do a whole podcast to get into specifics yeah, of, sure. you know, what the different things are. So <clears throat> he experimented with pancreatic enzymes and all different things. He came up with a good model, which the alternative guys still believe today, how cancer cells develop, which mm -hmm. is different than what the traditional guys think. Okay. Because they keep changing their mind about it. Mm -hmm. You know, this hasn't. John Beard's, uh, his protocol was picked up by Dr. Kelly mm -hmm. and kind of like, you know, tweaked over the years. Dr. Kelly taught his protocol to Dr. Gonzalez. Okay. All right. So this has been used for over a hundred years mm. and this is exactly what he does. So the first, the main thing of this is going to be, and it's, it's a little complicated is going to be diet, organic diet, pancreatic enzymes, which have to be specially formulated. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to do a whole podcast on it because a lot to it and detoxification, but kind of those three things right. as a basis. Right. So as far as the diet, what I had talked about, you have three basic metabolic types. This is how they classify people. So people that are prone to solid tumors like the breast, colon, liver, lungs, pancreas, prostate, they're what's called sympathetic nervous system dominant. I get into that when I talk about the kid behavior stuff in the kids. Mm -hmm. What they need to eat is a vegetarian diet. More legumes, avocado, root vegetables, a carrot, potato, yam, cruciferous veggies, leafy veggies, fruits, and fruits sparingly. Also, he would allow for most people, you could have organic eggs daily and fish twice a week, mm -hmm. like low mercury, you know, fish. Mm -hmm. The second metabolic type is parasympathetic nervous system dominant. And they would be prone to um, immune cell cancers like Hodgkin's, like blood cancers, Hodgkin's, leukemia, lymphoma, and multiple myelomas. And here they should be eating 50% of their calories from meat. Really? Different. Okay. Right? Um, red meat, beef, pork, organic, of course, dairy products, sparing intake of fish and poultry. And the third type of way to eat for some people, so that would be metabolic type 2, the third way would be a mixed diet, like a Mediterranean diet. Okay. You know, where you're mixing the, the two together. Sure. Right. So that that's what he that's what he did with with the food. I kind of follow that protocol. Mm -hmm. I think it works really well for people. Um, and then, you know, the pancreatic enzymes, it's not the ones you get in the in the health food store. These are digestive enzymes. They had them back in Dr. Beard's day in the 1920s. So he did a lot of experimentation with it. Right. I use the ones from Allergy Research. It's a, it's a uh, a lab that sells they sell nutrients. But Dr. Gonzalez developed specific uh, enzymes, 
and they're called pancreas pork natural glandulars. And they have to be, they have to contain all the active chemicals like trypsin and everything. They can't be altered. The problem is you got to take a lot of them. So that's what people got to. When my wife had breast cancer, that's what you put her on to help support her, you know, recovery from, from cancer. Generally, minimally, you have to take about, I mean, it's a lot, but oh, they were I, like I don't care. Six, full you have to do six, yeah. about 60 days yeah. spaced out, yeah, you know, to, to get things yeah. going. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's been proven over a hundred years. What's interesting it's is my improved. wife had to go under, uh, go through several surgeries, like four in a row, like once every week because they weren't getting all the cancer cells. And they, um, they, um, the doctor kept commenting to me, he goes, man, she heals really fast. She heals really fast. I didn't bother getting into she it. She must have on calendula. She, right, she was. Right, we, yeah. had, we had her in homeopathy, and we yeah. had her taking these glandulars, and she was healing, like, rapidly as hell. Um, so. Yeah, so, I mean, those are – I want to do a whole podcast on this, but people, please, if, if you're really interested in finding out the real truth about it, go to those videos and watch them. They're, they're phenomenal. I took all notes. I got all my notes here on them. They're they're incredible. Well, what I'm excited about is in closing with this this podcast is that we're going to be talking about homeopathy. And you're the one to turn me on to that about 25 years ago. And we both, I mean, I do it casually and I had great success with it. And uh, that's something we're going to talk about on the next podcast. It's really uh, it's interesting. My, it's if, my thing. If you're, if, you're, if you're open-minded, you're going to learn a real And let me tell you how many animals, I'm a big animal, how many animals oh, yeah. I've saved from sure. being put to sleep, yeah. on their de- including my own cats, oh, like, yeah. and they're alive today, yeah. still doing well. Folks, thanks for listening to us. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health.